Hi everyone, I'm Jennifer Zock and this is Unlocking Mindset. Today I'm in conversation with Peggy Kloss. Peggy is the author of Brag, The Art of Tooting Your Own Horn Without Blowing It. I have to tell you, this interview with Peggy was a lot of fun. Aside from exploring the mindset behind women's reluctance to talk about their achievements, we also shared in a lot of laughs. Peggy even helped me with my own bragalogue. You'll find out what that is as you listen. Let's hear from Peggy and what she has to share about brag not being a four-letter word. Oh, Jennifer, it's wonderful to be with you. I am here in beautiful, sunny Santa Fe, and uh, after a wonderful surprise snowstorm, it is now warm and uh, just delightful. I am, as we will discuss later on, the uh, author of a book called Brag, The Art of Tooting Your Own Horn Without Blowing It, which a little poster of which is right behind me, uh-huh. and um, also a book called The Hard Truth About Soft Skills, uh, Workplace Lessons Smart People Wish They'd Learned Sooner. And um, I have written those books in a career that spanned more than 20 years working with executives and everyone on down in corporate America and academia, nonprofits, government, who um, want to work on their communication, both their interpersonal as well as presentational presentations, and um, their leadership. So uh, the last, oh, I think 15 years have been with a lot of work around women in leadership. And as of the 2016 election, I have been working with politicians across the country to get their messages out. Okay, well, I've been so excited to talk with you, Peggy. I recently read your book, Bragg, loved it. There were so many valuable lessons in there and looking forward to reading your other book, Tell us, what inspired you to write Brag? You know, Jennifer, it was really serendipitous. I was on a plane from New York going home to Berkeley, California. And the gentleman sitting next to me, we started up this wonderful conversation for about 20 minutes. And then I turned to him and I said, so um, what do you do? And it was like rigor mortis had set in. And he said, I'm a management consultant in a very monotone, monosyllabic way. Mm-hmm. And I turned to him and I said, oh, well, um, what is your area of expertise? And he said, telecommunication. And I asked again, I said, oh, well, what firm do you do it for? At which point he told me, one of the top four firms and the conversation stopped and I was just about to pick it up again and dig some more, which is my nature. Mm-hmm. When I, something snapped and I just said, that's it. I'm not asking him any more questions. And I reached over, grabbed my book and I turned to him and I said, it's been lovely chatting with you. And I opened my book I didn't get much reading done because all of a sudden I realized that 
this could be a problem for both men and women mm-hmm. that they could talk about anything, their family, their friends, what they're interested in, their um, political opinions, their avocations, but they could not talk about what they do. That they just stopped dead and became incredibly kind of cryptic, uninteresting. And I thought, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to explore this. So I got home and I started asking my clients and the same reaction happened interesting and my friends and family and i realized there's a problem here and it also kind of merged with my opinion of the word brag which was that it was a four-letter word because i had grown up like so many of us with parents who said never toot your own horn If you're doing a good job, people will recognize it and you will be justly rewarded. And um, that really was the germ for me writing this book. Okay. And as you think about people's difficulty talking about what they do, how does that, how does mindset play into that? Mm, It's a great question. Well, I think that if we define mindset as a way that you think about things, and I'm going to take it a little bit um, further, and I hope it's not hyperbolic, but if you get stuck in a way of seeing things, I think that our way of seeing things around the idea of talking about oneself, about being proud of oneself, is really um, permeates our mindsets. What I really understood as writing this book, and it's now 17 years ago, is that we have what I call bragging myths. We have societal, cultural, religious, and familial warnings about bragging. And it completely left out the idea of good bragging and of being proud of oneself. But instead it came with a lot of these adages of it's impolite, it's a sin, uh, pride cometh before the fall, humility is a virtue, which by the way it is, except when it requires you to be humbly ineffectual. And, you know, different cultures have it that in Asia, the tallest nail gets hit first. And the Australians have the tall poppy syndrome. So if you get above the other poppies in the row, you get your head whacked off. I mean, there's lots of these myths. And so they get stuck in our mindset. And if we're not able to move that, then we find ourselves in a lot of trouble, both in terms of the workplace, but also personally, because we don't allow people to share in our success, in our um, delight in accomplishing something, in the obstacles we've overcome. So that's really, um, I think, how it affects our mindset. Yeah. Can you give us an example of 
good bragging? Mm -hmm. Well, let me define it for you. Okay. Um, I define good bragging as a way of talking about oneself, one's accomplishments, their successes, obstacles they've overcome in a short, pithy, entertaining, storytelling way. It's conversational, it's fluid. And within that kind of story are dropped just a few, not a laundry list of what I call brag bites. They could be bits of information that highlight an accomplishment or a success. They could be something that a colleague or a client has um, said about you. And they're woven together, again, it's just a few, in this very, um, again, this very energetic, entertaining story. Um, and it's said with a lot of um, delight and passion and urgency. So that's really good bragging. Now, you know, the bad bragging are all the things that we see bad braggers do, which is uh, they talk incessantly. <laughs> and um, let's see, what do you, do you know people that are bad braggers? What would you say about them? I do. And it's uncomfortable to be around that. Mm -hmm. In many ways, I wonder how aware mm -hmm. they are mm -hmm. of how their message is coming across. And if perhaps they just, they don't know the difference between good bragging and bad, bad bragging because they've never been told. They haven't read your book. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, in, in addition to talking incessantly, because I want to give people the difference between what the characteristics of are of good bragging and, and bad bragging. So they talk incessantly, they can interrupt. They, one of my favorites is what I call the non sequitur. So they always bring the conversation back to themselves, which in, in this instance, you might say to me, Peggy, I'm so excited. I just got this fabulous speaking gig. And I say, oh, Jennifer, <laughs> that reminds me of this trip I'm just about to take as soon as the virus is over. <laughs> oh, no, it's not anything about that. Right? So it's very self-absorbed, self-serving. Um, people who are bad braggers never ask you about you they um will um they, they will be uh arrogant uh they will be dismissive of your accomplishment uh they can be demeaning um and also another one that i ask people to think really long about is that this laundry list of i i i i i do this i do that Oh, did I tell you I just ran the New York City Marathon and cured cancer on Sunday? You know, it is so self-aggrandizing and boring that it's awful. So those are some of the, the differences. And if we were on longer, we could talk about more. But, but we know those people who we really dislike 
being in their company because they kind of suck the oxygen right out of them. <laughs> <laughs> They're coming from an inward mindset rather than an outward mindset. Right. And, you know, some people, they get away with it because of their position or because of their personality or because we do not want to confront them. But I think you're right. I think a lot of people do not know the difference between good bragging and bad bragging. And they've never been told, which is really sad because then they're, they're going on and, you know, it's like being at a party and you see one of these bad braggers come, come towards you and you do a 180 back to the bar to get another <laughs> gin and tonic because you cannot abide this braggadocious person coming towards you. Um, so I think a good way, should we, should we try it on you? And if I would say, okay, um, tell me about you in a short, pithy, conversational way. Why don't we work this out? So Jen, tell me about you. All right, tell you about me. I, my name is Jennifer Zock. I am an executive coach and also an organizational trainer. Project that I'm working on right now that I'm really excited about is some training for healthcare leaders. This is going to be virtual training to help them manage burnout amongst themselves as well as, as their staff. Mm -hmm. So teaching them how to recognize the signs of burnout, techniques for self-care, as well as how to keep themselves and staff motivated and come out on the other side of this pandemic stronger than they were before. Wonderful work. Okay. So um, you have wonderful energy, animation in your face, um, and... Uh, I got a sense of what you do. Okay, so if I can go a little bit outside of our brag thing, because I work a lot with people on communication, uh -huh. are you are you standing? Are you yes, standing? Okay, so what's happening as you get excited? You're weaving back and forth. Oh, <laughs> energy's flowing through my body, isn't it? <laughs> I know. I know. So I don't care what you, but but. And it might be something that you do. And I do lots of ridiculous things. Uh -huh. I, I will do something like what I call orangutan. So I don't know if you can see me, but my shoulder's concave. Uh -huh. And I'm like, oh, you know, come, come to me. So one thing is if you can plant your feet on the ground, love, really uh -huh. like connected to the earth. Yep. And let's start again. And what I'd love to, I just want to... Um, trim it down and um, get, um, let me ask you some questions before we do this. Sure. And I know I put you on the spot, so you'll probably never have me on again. You're really wonderful to do this. Um, but um, do you have an interest in healthcare? I do. And my interest, it's rather organic because it seems like that is the industry that I attract into my business. Wow. Okay. So what is it that you love 
about working with healthcare workers? And how do you think you can really help them at this time? So what is it about Jennifer that loves this work and can bring something really important and value in this field? So let's try it again, okay? okay. I'm an executive, okay. and you're standing very still. You're <laughs> perfect, perfect. <laughs> My feet are planted. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, Let, let's start it again, and I may interrupt you, but I wanna, you know, and you're very excited to tell us this. You're delighted. Okay, I'm Jennifer Zock. I'm an executive coach and an organizational trainer. I work with healthcare leaders. I love working with healthcare leaders because they provide such an important service of, of taking care of people. And I love being a part of taking care of them, mm -hmm. helping them with their leadership challenges, their leadership development, being a resource. Okay, and what are what are some of the things? Um, and you know, a bragalog is not made in a in a uh, thirty minute podcast, um, and it's constantly being worked on. But now we're getting some of the 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 love that you have for it. Mm -hmm. What makes you? What are the specific challenges that you find for them, Jen? And that you particularly can address. So you could talk about, you know, especially at this time when they are having to deal with patients in such a much more impersonal way. I'm helping them uh, with um, avenues of communication, or I I'm making this up because I don't know. But um, if you would drop in some of the challenges that they have and then how you are working with them. Okay, so just let's take it with them that, you know, just tell it, you know, in this, in this time of COVID. So just take it from there. All right. In this time of COVID, our healthcare workers are at the risk of burnout at a level that we've never seen before. And if I can serve in a way to help relieve that so that healthcare organizations can take care of themselves and their staff and retain their, their staff during this time and past this time, I'm happy to do that. Great, okay. Now, when you look over this podcast, what um, I want you to do is to put it in the, Rather than say, if I can do this, because uh -huh. you're already doing it. True. Right? <laughs> so, you know, something like, and you'll figure out a brilliant way to say this, um, you know, in this time of COVID, I feel incredibly grateful to be able to use my skills as a, as a coach and a facilitator and a guide to help them with leadership issues such as you know retaining and da 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 da. That was lovely. 
Did you I'm like that? I'm more of a skilled listener than I am a speaker. <laughs> Did you like that? Da 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 da. I thought that was good because I, I didn't know where I was going with that. <laughs> I didn't know where I was going with that. But I think um, put it in the in the present. Mm-hmm. Own what you are doing and their needs, and make that connection for people. You know, so if you want to start out by saying, you know, I'm an executive coach and organizational trainer. And at this moment in my career, I am being asked to da 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 da. Okay. Got it. Got it. Now, now for others who may need this kind of training as much as I do, what would you recommend? What shifts in mindset? would you recommend for us? Well, I think what we talked about was to put aside all of those feelings of um, I shouldn't do this. I'm not good enough. Um, Who am I to say this? There's always someone better. I mean, all those myths, as I talked about, those thoughts of imposter syndrome, those thoughts of perfectionism are rampant in women's brains. And so you have to say, I give my clients the prompt, thank you, I hear you. I'm choosing not to listen to you and you can go away now. So you acknowledge that those thoughts are there, right? Because if you just keep pushing them away, they're going to keep, but stop, acknowledge, prompt yourself. I have these thoughts. I don't need them anymore and go on. Um, I, so that's the mindset pieces to really deal with that first. And then I would make a very substantial list of what I call pluses and deltas. Uh-huh. The pluses are the, well, Uh, The pluses are the things you do very well and be very specific specific about what you do and as well as put a list of your brag bites, the accomplishments, the successes, the obstacles you've overcome, what things people have talked, um, said about you, what, um, and that can be anyone from your boss, your colleagues, your friends, your family, whatever, and write them down. And that's what I call your brag bag. Your brag bag should be a folder on your computer where you go in every week, Uh twice a week, and you record these brag bites, these tidbits of information. Because you and I know, Jennifer, that when performance review comes or when interviews come, we have a tendency to forget. all the good things that we've done and all the good things that people have said about. And we can't, we have to be current because one of the things that I have told audiences for 17 years is that, and I think it's especially true now in this pandemic. Yeah. Whatever happens when this ends, our workplace is not going to be the same. And our bosses, if we're lucky enough to retain our work, Mm -hmm. are not going to have the mental, the physical wherewithal 
to know what we're doing mm -hmm. or to know as much of what we're doing or to advocate for us in the way that perhaps they did. And so we have to be reminders to them of our value and what we want, what we're capable of doing. Because we are never going to either be reinstating, reinstated in a job mm -hmm. or get a new job or get a bigger um, salary or bonus or promotion or title or whatever if we don't let people know. Right. You know. And let's face it, as capable as our leaders may be, they're not psychic. Exactly. And so you are doing a disservice to yourself, to your boss, and to your company if you do not let them know what you're doing. Right, right. You're hiding under a bushel instead of letting your light shine. Right. And, <laughs> you know, I think that the days of when my father said, you know, never toot your own horn. If you're doing a good job, people will recognize it and you will be justly rewarded. Um, I have to say those days are way gone. I agree with you. And that um, messaging is just the opposite of what we need now right. and at the time our parents gave us those messages that was probably messaging that they received and they did it with good intentions not knowing all the changes that the world would experience mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you know it was funny uh between 2003 when the book came out uh-huh and 2008 despite getting an wonderful amount of press and interest. It was really a difficult message for not only the American market, but for the global market. And people would come back and say, uh, it's disgusting, it's self-aggrandizing. And I would say, that's not my message. You know, that's not what my legacy is about it's totally opposite it's about owning who you are and being able to talk about it in a way that is delightful not only for yourself but for other people and it, it takes a lot of courage but this is what happened the recession came mm -hmm. And all those journalists who really gave me a hard time, yeah. I won't even go into it here, but really gave me a hard time, came back to me and said, wow, now I understand what you were trying to teach. Would you talk to me about how to help my readers get jobs, stay in their jobs? And so I have to say, it was nice to be vindicated. But what's interesting too, is that I really thought that by 2020, I would be done with teaching people how to brag. And unfortunately, about two or three years ago, I was doing a lot of work with very senior executive women. 
helping them to get on boards, to get higher roles. And I found the inability to talk about themselves in a positive way was so astonishingly bad that I thought to myself, and I said it to one group of women in San Francisco, I said, now there is no chance I'm going to get to retire. I'm going to be, I'm going to have to be like two feet under, and then I can retire because you all still don't get it. And, and one of the greatest stories that happened during that workshop was, uh, there I was, Jennifer, with about 65 very accomplished, smart people with degrees that I, in things I couldn't even understand. Uh -huh. And I said to one woman, I said, would you get up, introduce yourself and tell us what you do? Kind of like what I did to you. Right. And she gets up and she introduces herself, gives us her name, tells us that she's an engineer and that she works at a company that, um, produces software and and then she stops dead she looks me straight in the face and she said oh my god i forgot to tell you that i started the firm oh, <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> which point Laughter broke out in the room because all of us could understand how that could happen, although it's horrifying. I fell to my knees, my my arms were raised up, and I said, You buried the lead. And I said, you know, women, it, I can understand why we're laughing, but it's really very sad. Because if she was a man, that would be the first thing out of her mouth. Right. Right. And that's when I knew I couldn't retire because we still don't get this. And it's, it's odd to be talking about it in the midst of a pandemic like we've never seen. Mm -hmm. But I know, as I knew in the recession, that, you know, we are going to have to speak up and let people know our value. And I think it's important that we shift from that inward mindset to that outward mindset to let people know about the skills and the talents that we have. This is something that I shared with my book group is that when we are so focused on how we may be perceived you know that inward focus that's focusing too much on ourselves mm -hmm. if we can focus on the good that we can do in the world and our love for whatever that is that can naturally flow out of us right right and i think people think about bad about bragging always in the bad sense of the term and it means oh it's about me only mm -hmm. instead of it's about me too right you know? and um, humility right there right there you know and 
when it's done well, it invites people to want to know more about us and to share more. And so what I realized early in was that this was a way for people to really know one another. So that if we didn't share um, our joys, our happiness, our successes, um, then people really wouldn't know what's going on. I mean, I've had some, especially male clients say to me, my God, I, I never knew that about so-and-so. He never shared that about, you know, he never shared his past or what he had done. And wow, I feel like I have a new friend. Yeah. How wonderful is that? It's a whole new connection. I know. It makes me very happy. It really does. It really yeah. does. Yeah. All right, Peggy, how can people stay in touch with you and your work and get their hands on your, your book, Brag? <laughs> well, it's uh, available on Amazon. And I am at Peggy at PeggyKlaus.com. You can write to me. That's my website as well. Go on the website. Um, and I would love to hear from people. I think that I, in the next few months, I'm going to be launching some work around brag online, which I've never done. And um, all my work is very experiential and interactive. And for the most part, a lot of fun, except when I put people on the spot like you. <laughs> You were wonderful, Jennifer. I can't thank you enough. I really can't. And they, you know, when people, I should say this, when people go to my website, there's a list of take 12 questions that they can start asking themselves. And also um, the, in the book, as you read, there's lots of exercises to do. And I think so apropos of your work and the mindset idea mm -hmm. is to first, really acknowledge the mindset that you have around talking about yourself and putting your value out there in the world. And then dealing with that very gently with yourself, you know, not castigating yourself, not putting the whips on, oh, how could I think? Uh, but gently prompting yourself and saying, I don't need this anymore. That's an old old pattern that's not going to get me what I want. Yeah. 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 I've really enjoyed our time together here today, Peggy. It's been wonderful, Jennifer. You put a great smile on my face in the middle of this difficult time. So thank you for reaching out, asking me to be a part of it. And um, I hope we chat again soon. I hope you all learn as much from Peggy as I did about owning who you are and talking about it. Be sure to visit Peggy's website, PeggyKloss.com, read her book, Brag, and keep an eye out for the online offerings she has coming up. I'm Jennifer Zock. Thanks for listening to Unlocking Mindset.